This is a Woodside Church podcast. In a moment, I'd like to introduce our speaker today. Just say a couple of words. Uh, What we're doing on uh, both this site and on the west site over the summer, over the summer is having uh, a variety of speakers, uh, many of which have never spoken. Uh, certainly on this platform, maybe have spoken in other contexts. And so we often do this over the summer, give opportunity for other gifts, other voices uh, to come and bring God's word to us. And so, in fact, we've got different people on both sides. So different, obviously, because the meetings run at the same time. That would be remarkable if they could preach in two places at once at the same time. Uh, and so it is a continuation of what Tim started last week, but more of that will come. But I just want to introduce uh, Samuel Luak, who's going to be bringing God's word to us. Uh, some of you will know Samuel and Theresa May and family very well. Uh, they've been, some of you won't know them at all. They've been with us for a couple of years now. Uh, they are a wonderful family who passionately love God and know God. Uh, and Samuel and family uh, originate from South Sudan. Uh, they spent a number of years in Finland. Uh, Samuel is a pastor. Uh, he is a man who has great respect from other pastors, often gathers them uh, in this nation. And it is a real treat. It's a real treat to have this family as part of us. And uh, it's a real treat to have Samuel bring God's word to us. Would you please give him a wonderful welcome, Samuel Luak. Thank you. Good morning. morning. Greetings to all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope I'm not the tallest preacher that has been here before. (laughs) Otherwise, it is a privilege. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you for the gift of the word. And as we hear you speaking to us this morning, I pray that you help us to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, so um, I'm so glad to, to be here and have this opportunity to share with you the word of God that we have in the Bible. Uh, this morning, we will continue the series that was launched by Tim Green last week on living the new life in Christ Jesus. And this morning, we'll be looking into the issue of forgiveness, gift allowance. I feel this is not something we need to talk about. It's something we need to do. Because the Bible says that forgive. And as we will just read uh, the third chapter of the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, This is like a command. It's not just even an instruction, but it's a command that God is telling us to do. So we read, as it says, Give, uh, Make allowance for each other faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgives you, so you must forgive others. I feel this is one of the things you don't have choice, right? You cannot do otherwise. Forgive because the Lord has forgiven you. 
Now, when we talk about forgiveness, I think it is very important to start from where we should start. We start from what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when you talk about forgiveness, we have to remember that God has forgiven us. And that's why we sing, we are forgiven, we are free, we are sent to the world to share the word of God and the love of God. And now when we know that we are forgiven and we experience the, the forgiveness of God in our lives, the second thing to do is to ask ourselves, is it difficult for us to forgive someone who has done us wrong while God has forgiven us so much? Is it that difficult? Because as we, 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 we started last week, this is part of our new life in Christ Jesus. The book of Colossians is divided into two parts. The first one, chapter 1 and chapter 2, are about what God has done for us. But chapter 3 and 4 are what we have to do as we respond to what God has done for us. And one of them now is you have to forgive because God has forgiven you. And, of course, we, we, when we think about forgiveness, when we think about what God has done for us, we think immediately about God's justification of sinners like all of us and justified them and helped them to have relationship with him. So God, because of his love, he makes the first move. He came to us, searching for us. And instead of us to go and search for him, he came to us and gave us forgiveness. You are forgiven, you are forgiven. And when we receive this forgiveness and experience this forgiveness in our lives, this is where we are able and responsible to go and forgive. And this is where we are right now as a church, as well as it was true for the church of Colossians. We are forgiven, yes, we are free, yes? yes? And then we are sent to the world to share the love of God with other people. Because we know that we are forgiven. And what we will tell them is that I am forgiven, you can be forgiven as well. Because this is how God loves all and each one of us. Now, our forgiveness is based on the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It's not because of what we have to do. But what Jesus did on the cross is enough for all of us to be forgiven. And that's why we are alive and we are Christian today. The only thing that is required from each and every single human being is to admit sins, confess them, turn from them, and start a relationship with God so that we can live this life not according to our will, but according to the will of God. And once we experience this love, this is now where our mission starts. Forgive others because you are forgiven. And one of the things we, we need also to do as we live this life of forgiveness is to remember that when God forgives us, it is actually because of his love, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's why forgiveness is given to us free, and we have to give it free to other people. That's why 
the Bible says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who opens you. And remember, the Lord forgives you. So you must forgive others. You must forgive others. And we have no choice as children of God to do so. Now, to forgive means to let things go. To let all the negative things we have as human beings, to let them go and be free. And when you forgive somebody, it means that you declare to refuse to be locked in the past. You say, that I don't want to live yesterday. I want to live today, my new life in Christ Jesus. I don't want to be locked from the past. I want to be new now. And that's why we get rid of all these things that take us back to yesterday. And now when we do this, then we are able to rejoice and be glad in the new life we have in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So the new is the life we have right now in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, in this context, as we have just read, what do we need to forgive? What exactly we need to forgive in this context? I have to admit, first of all, that it is true. The example of Jesus and the perfect forgiveness that is shown on the cross is very difficult, and it is beyond human ability. But because of what God has done in our lives, we are given the power to forgive. We are given ability to live this life of forgiveness because love of God is in us. That's why we, we forgive with our conditions because we love God and God loves us. Now, God would not give us this command if he knows that he will not fulfill this. But because he knows that we have the ability to do it, that's why we are asked to forgive. What do we need to forgive here? Now, what we have here is what we call the, the offenses of relationships, the sins that happen between us. And as you know, the Bible tells us about three essential relationships we have as human beings. Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with ourselves. In this context, it's talking about our relationship as children of God in the church. This is what we, and that's why we read about faults, which are our mistakes, the part that is not attractive in our lives, the things that we need to think about all the time when we relate to each other. Here we talk about grievances that we have, and this sometimes can be feelings, and these feelings might be feeling of injustice, might be feeling of treated unfairly. It might be something we feel, but always we don't talk about. These are the things that we call small issues, small problems. And in so many cultures, are not addressed at all. 
you are holding somebody, you are holding something against your brother and sister, but you don't address it. You think it is very small. But the Bible says that this is what we have to think about this morning. You know, in reality, there is no big issues and small issues. There are no big problems and small problems. Let me just tell you how big the problem could be. For example, as tall as I am right now, if I see a cat, for example, moving in the church, the cat, and I would see that cat, I would say, ah, that's a small animal, and I will never stop speaking to you because of the cat moving in the church. It's very small. But let me just change my position. Lay down, for example, and see the same cat again. I would see it as an elephant. And I don't even imagine how could I will, I would still be speaking to you and the elephant is in the room. There's no way. This is how it is. So one of us would say, this is a cat. The other one would say, this is an elephant. And that's where our relationship cross. And then we end up with this kind of feelings, negative feelings. And these feelings, they can grow to disagreements. They can grow to hatred. They can grow to bitterness. They can grow to feeling of revenge. Because we have them inside, but we are not able to, to express them as we relate. Now, It is sometimes really difficult to forgive some people, right? It's really difficult, especially the people we think are difficult people. <laughs> Do we hear about difficult people? Yes. And when we hear about difficult people, we say yes, especially those of us who work in situation of uh, customer service. Yes. I was so surprised that some people calling emergency services just to make fun, just to disturb them. They don't have any emergency, but they make it like a fun. So some people are difficult because they are difficult. <laughs> well, one of the books I hope each one of us will have time to read is this book. <laughs> How to deal with difficult people is my tactics for overcoming the problem people in your life. This is a very wonderful book. When you see this book, even if you have no time, you want to read this book. Because it is very interesting. But one of the things you read when you open this book, it says that difficult people are everywhere. <laughs> in the church, yes. At home, yes. At work, yes. On the street, yes. In heaven, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Difficult people are everywhere, except in heaven. So, and when you continue reading this book, especially when you read the criteria for a difficult person, it's very surprising. You suddenly find yourself a difficult person. And what I asked my wife, Teresa, do you think I'm a difficult person? She said, no, no, honey, no, no, you are a very nice person. I said, thanks to God, she has not read the book. <laughs> because she would know that I'm a difficult person too. Now, the criteria for a difficult person 
it is that it might be anyone who leaves you feeling upset. Anyone who prostrated you, anyone who humiliated you, anyone who confused you. And these are things we do all the time. Like, wow, we are difficult people too, to someone at least. And it might be also anyone, any, anyone, for example, who creates a sense of distrust, especially people when, when they don't know how to tell you truly what you are or who you are. For example, someone wants to say that someone is tall, but because they're afraid maybe that will hurt me, they would just like, oh, wow, wow. I say, I'm tall, I'm tall, Did you just say it. That's it. These are the things. So this is the criteria for a difficult person. Now, if we disagree on all these things now, we can at least agree on one thing. We were, and we are still difficult people, at least to God, because we do mistakes all the time. All the time. We repeat the same things. But thanks to God that he's a loving father. He doesn't change because of what you do or what I do. He just loves us. And he gives us more than a second chance to make it and to be happy again in our lives. And that's why there is power in forgiveness. So when God says that forgive, he knows that there is power in forgiveness. And one of the things we, we experience as a result of forgiveness, forgiveness restores broken relationships. And that's exactly what has, God has done for us. He came from heaven to reconcile us with God. And that's why the broken relationships are now restored. And we are now children of God, rejoicing and praising him because he is good and faithful all the time. The power of forgiveness also is that it frees us from depressions, from the feeling of hatred, from all the negative feelings that we have in our lives, as well as revenge feelings in our lives. And that's why we forgive. It also releases the grace of God in our lives. Do you know when you hold something against somebody, it is called you have prisoners, spiritual prisoners in your life. So you take your brother and your sister as a hostage in your life. And that's why there is no way to be a happy Christian if you are holding things against other people, especially in God's family. There's no way. The more you want to dance, you want to dance, the more this thing tells you that I'm here, brother. I'm here, sister. Release me. Let me go. And you will say, no, you remain. And then you want to be happy. No, it will not happen. Until we release this person, and then they experience the grace of God and the love of God uh, for the first time. Now, what happens if we don't forgive? Lack of forgiveness stands between us and God between our relationship with God. There is no way for us to be happy and go to the world to share the love of God with other people 
while we have hostage brothers and sisters in our lives. It will not work, even if we try. It will not work. That's why we have to release them and get rid of all these things so that we can experience the, the, the forgiveness of God. Now, choosing not to forgive get us stuck in the past. We live in the past even though we have to live the present. We remain yesterday, thinking about what happened yesterday. And that's why sometimes we hear in our life, for example, when people disagree, you say, you know, I cannot take it anymore. When we were engaged, you did this. When we married, you did this. When we had the first child, you did this. When we went to holidays, you did this. And 30 years ago, you did this. I cannot take it anymore. And this is actually the difference between human forgiveness and God forgiveness. Do you know human forgiveness is what we call storing things. So when I did, I did you wrong, for example, you say, no problem. You put it in your bag. Tomorrow, no problem, put it in your bag. So when the bag is full now, you open it up all the time. You say, when we were in Bedford, you did this. When we were there, you did this. So you open the bag. But this is not God's forgiveness. You know, when God forgets our sins, the biblical conception of, forg- of forgetting is not that God deletes all these things, you know, and don't remember as we, we do. But it means that God will not act based on what we have done. It will not act, he will not act based on what we have done now. He will act in his state because of his love. And he sees the new person in life, in ourselves. That's why he doesn't tell us, you know, son, 30 years ago, I saved you from darkness. I brought you to life. Now, you are doing the same. God will never say this. He never turns back. He says that you are beautiful. From now on, I'm still with you and I will help you all the time. Now, for lack of forgiveness also nurses bitterness, hatred, and revenge feelings. And I know this myself. I know this very well. You know, uh, some of you may know, as Martin said at the beginning, I was born in the nation of Sudan a long time ago. And uh, so I was just a small schoolboy, happy, in a happy family, until just one day, just one day, when I went to be with my sister family. And while I was there, war broke up in our area where I was born. As a result of this war, many people were killed. Many people were displaced. And as we received the news, we learned that so many of our relatives also were killed. And it happened that one of them was my dad. And my elder brother joined the opposition that had to fight for the liberation of South Sudan. And suddenly, I found myself without a family. Because it was like 400 kilometers from where uh, I was born. My sister told me, Samuel, this is the reality now, that you have no family anymore. We don't even know where they are. 
but what I will do, I will take good care of you. You will remain with us until we know what happens. You know, it happens that I remain living with my sisters. Until this time, I have never been back home. But what happens is that the more I was growing up, the more this bitterness was killing me from inside. It was growing with me, the revenge. So when I became a teenager, I really wanted to join the war, and I was preparing myself to do so, to revenge of what these people have done for me and for my family. Until just one single day, just one day, when I met Jesus. Just one day when I met Jesus. Jesus healed me. And you know, when you have bitterness and hatred in your life, you feel like you have somebody living inside you. So people see the outside, but inside you have somebody else. So when I met Jesus, I was healed. As a result, all gone, all that I had inside, just gone. I didn't even know where they were. And the next day I went to school, I was hacking everybody. And people asked me, what happened to you? I met Jesus. Who is Jesus? I don't know. But I, had, I met Jesus. I don't know, actually. I don't know how to explain to them. But I met Jesus. Who is Jesus? I don't know. But I met him, and he healed me. I was relieved from all this bondage of, you know, this person that was in me was just removed. Since that time, I have never, ever been bitter to anyone. I make sure every day that I don't hold anything against anyone, anywhere. And that's why I apologize to my wife all the time, to my children all the time, just to make sure that they don't hold anything against me. And against them, I don't hold anything. Now, how can we grow in this forgiveness, life of forgiveness? We read this again. Make allowance for each other faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgives you, so you must forgive. And the only thing we can do, we have to know that forgiveness is a free gift. He's given to us freely, so we have to give it freely. Forgiveness is God's calling. It's not a spiritual gift, by the way. It's not. So somebody will say, thanks to God that I don't have the gift of forgiveness. <laughs> no, it is not. It is our new life in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It is this new life. That's right. And that's why all of us, we are in. Yeah. Unless we have not started yet relationship with God. You know, forgiveness purifies our, our, our spirits. Help us to be clean inside. To allow God to work in our lives. And the only thing we can do all the time is to ask one single question. Is there anyone I have not forgiven? Do I hold anything against anyone? And this is now about us as the family of God. Don't think about other people. Just ask, are you holding somebody, something? Maybe you did not address at all. We can always do this. Forgive. 
because the Lord has forgiven you. You know, um, after many years, when I was healed from this bitterness in my life, uh, my friend asked me to go and meet his family-in-law in one of the towns, which was the border between Sudan and South Sudan. That was the front line between the government forces and the opposition forces. It was a very dangerous place to go. But because my friend wanted to marry, I said, this is worth sacrifice, right? <laughs> Let's just go and, and see what happens. We went on, uh, on Friday. We met his in-laws on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we attended one of the services in one of the churches in the town. So when we were in the service, I could see a military vehicle arrive to the church compound. And one of the uh, reception team was talking to them. It took them some time. And I said, what is happening? I went there, and I could hear this officer talking that we are looking for a preacher. Preacher? Where? He said that we have military uh, training center 10 kilometers from here. We have a lot of Christians, and we promised them to bring a preacher to preach to you. So we, are look, we have been to all these churches. We couldn't find anyone, and now we are looking for a preacher. I went inside the church. I asked my friend, my friend, we have a mission. He asked me, where? I said, Shh, I will tell you later. We, went, we didn't even tell anyone, even the pastor of the church was preaching. We didn't tell him. We, we just took our Bibles. We went with the military to the, uh, to the, to the center, uh, training center. Friends, what I could see the first time is a wonderful church of 850 soldiers in uniform. All of them in order, waiting for us. And what happened is that the commander came and asked them, said to them, you know, I promised that I will bring a preacher, even from Khartoum, which is the capital, and we actually came from Khartoum. So he said, now we have preachers from Khartoum. And as we were sharing with them, my, my friend asked me, you preach and we lead. I said, you get it. When we started worshiping with these soldiers, the presence of God just came on everybody, on everybody, and, and we were confused. We didn't know what to do. People were just screaming all the time, crying, and these soldiers, young soldiers, and, and even those who were not Christian came to see what is happening. And in the middle of that, when I was sharing, God spoke to me. He said, Samuel, these are the people you wanted to fight. I've just brought you here to preach life to them. And I just knelt down. I said, God, thank you for saving my life. And instead of hitting these people, I love them. And I preach life to them. Is it not glorious? This is the result of forgiveness. There's no way that we can hold things against each other and be the family of God. What we can do now? One single question. Do you hold anything against anyone? Even difficult people? <laughs> yeah? Actually, uh, I, I read uh, uh, sometimes a story uh, that uh, a man who heard about difficult people, and, and then the preacher said that you have to bring your problems to God. Then he went back home. The next Sunday, he came with his family, and while he was entering the church, he hauled his wife and came inside the church. And, and his kids were saying, that, Dad, stop, stop. 
and he was not listening to them. Until one of the, one of the church members said, what are you doing, brother? He said, you know, we were asked last Sunday to bring our problems. <laughs> so this is my problem. <laughs> but actually, the problem is us, not other people. Relieve them. Forgive them, and you will see the difference between today and tomorrow. Let us pray. Shall we stand? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He leads me all. He leads me all. He leads me all. He's so good. God, our Father, I want to thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you for all that you have done in Christ Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done for us. And as we stand before you now, Father, I pray that if we hold anything against anyone, Lord, forgive us. And help us to be free from all these bad feelings because we love you and we want to love you more than anything else in this world. We give you glory and honor as we pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Thanks to God. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.